Welcome to a special year and new year edition of Sneaker Dads. I'm John Ratner. This is going to be a bonus episode to do something different and show thanks to all my loyal listeners. Many of them haven't missed any of my podcasts, and that's largely why I can proudly say haven't missed a week dating back to episode one with Jaron from Power 23 back in September 20. Sneaker Dads did drop a regularly scheduled podcast this week with the Captain Wonder. He talked about sneakers and fitted hats and a lot more, so don't miss that episode. And don't miss next week with a guest I'm sure everyone follows, but you've never heard anything like this from. So it's been another bumpy year for the world as a whole, and many of us personally, but at the same time, it's really been eventful in the world of sneakers. We've had loss. Most notably, it was the passing of Virgil Abloh. Lots of controversy. There was the breakdown of the relationship between Nike and the estate of Kobe Bryant. There was accusations of backdooring at Marcus Jordan's store, MJ's son, trophy room with its Jordan 1s. And then there was the resale around the Nike Go Flyies that got a lot of people upset. And also Nike executive Anne Haybear's resignation after news broke about her son's reselling business. Of course, we had releases. The Pata Air Max 1 Waves. Amamanier 3s, Bacons, Clots. Lots of Jordan retros. We got the Lightning 4s, Cool Grey 11s, Carmine 6s. Most of the collabs from New Balance were big hits. And even some Crocs from Soleil Bembry got people moving, to name just a handful. I have a few things planned for this episode of the podcast. And the first is my personal sneaker resolutions for 2022. So let's get into it. Number one, one in, one out. I'm going to be strict with this rule, so if I buy something, I need to sell something or donate a pair, even if necessary. I've got the collection back under control. It's sort of been a yo-yo of diet of sorts for buying and selling, but it's under control now, and I made some pretty significant individual and bulk sales in 2021, so I'm happy with where I am in terms of space and having the right amount of things I can actually wear but I'm not giving myself credit for any of those past sales. I'm starting fresh. So if one pair comes in, another one goes out. Number two, I'm going to try another new brand this year. In 2021, I bought my first pair of kangaroos, which you'll hear about more later, and I was blown away. I also bought a couple pairs of Mosh Runners, and they surprised my already high expectations. I've got my eye on Hoka, Sneep Crew, Carhu for now, but I'm open to any suggestions. Number three is no more Nike IDs. The swoosh is really good with people when they want to make returns of Nike by you products and who knows where these concoctions and boxes with our name on it end up outlets or somewhere else but like many people I, I really got carried away this year. Uh, the dunks were a big factor in that. I, I returned a bunch and at one pair had five pairs of lows coming in because I actually hit order a couple of extra times, and you know, the panic of trying to check out. So I had doubles of a couple pairs. I returned those, but I also kept some pairs of those dunks and some Air Force Ones, and I still have some dunk highs I designed on the way coming in. So needless to say, I need to chill, mostly because anything but the most basic designs, I always seem to mess up. Now, if there are Amrax 1 by use com coming back and they have good options, I may have to make a pair or two. Number four, keep track and make a budget. I've said this one before, but if I can stick to the one in, one out rule, I'm not really that concerned about a budget. I still need to implement one though, because I like to buy clothes, especially fitted hats, sneakers, and gear for the family, toys, gadgets, books, and vinyl. 
I've never kept track of my purchases in any sort of disciplined way. So I'm going to start there since I'm attempting a no-cop January, which will give me some time to make a realistic spending plan. Number five is spend less time on Instagram and in that rabbit hole. Random reels are way too time-consuming. Scrolling is doing a number on my fingers. I need to spend more time creating, reading, talking to people, and collaborating. What I really need, I think, is an IG time limit every day. Or maybe just set aside some time, like 10 to 15 minutes, twice a day maybe, to check messages and so on. Then close the app, keep it that way, and find something else to do. Number six. Post more to the Sneaker Dads and Wear Everything Instagram pages. This one doesn't have to contradict the previous one of spending less time on IG. I don't think at least because posting photos is super quick. And to be honest, sometimes I'm just too lazy. But there's so many people who are using the hashtags. They're showing support. They're following. So it's the least I can do. Plus, it's a lot of fun. Number seven, reach out, check in, show love. So whether it's com commenting on someone's post or sending them a message when they haven't been active or when you see someone post something maybe is of concern, maybe interacting them with them in any way, even if it's a phone or video call, if the last two years have taught us anything, it's that the importance of communication and using the tools we have to get in touch, it's not hard, although it takes a lot of mental energy sometimes. It feels good and the benefits are really just too great not to. Number eight, avoid the hype. It's really hard not to get caught up in the endless cycle of news releases or the desire created when you see a great on-foot shot or even more difficult when you see someone wearing something in person. you like, personally, I need to that stop feeling the need to cop something when I get early access. That marketing strategy has got me more than a few times. Often, I wasn't even planning to buy the sneaker or clothing from a collection. But I did. And while it's still nice to have the option, of course, I don't always need to take advantage. Number nine, no gatekeeping. I don't actually practice gatekeeping, but the thought that somebody shouldn't be doing something or wearing something occasionally crosses my mind. Now, it's widespread in the sneaker community, and I can't control that, but I can control what I do. There's really no room for it. Uh, I do think there are some very obvious examples. But we don't need to mention it, and we can save those for another day. Number 10, wear everything. I still have a few more dead stock pairs in the closet. So either they're going to get put on feet this year, or they have to go. And the same goes for so-called grails or higher-end pairs. I might be afraid to mess up. I'm thinking of Mars Yards, for example. Um, maybe my Huff Dunks. I need to wear them, or they are no use. The money they're worth can be put to use to pay bills or deposit in my family's sort of experience fund and maybe even get some traveling done in 2022. Next on the agenda, it wouldn't be a year-end podcast without a list of top pickups. So here are my favorite pairs added to the collection in 2021. I'll start with the newly released models. As I mentioned earlier, I grabbed a pair of Mosh Runners. It was the St. Charles pair. That's that primarily olive perforated suede. It's a unique design they have, but it's not flashy. The shape is really nice, easy to rock. Not only was the box and packaging really impressive, but this new New Orleans inspired sneaker is really comfortable, extremely well craft, crafted, and it snaps a lot of necks. So um, I just got another pair from him, the Canadian Tuxedo Denim Mosh Runner, and I'm equally impressed. 
Next up is the Kangaroos collab with Selecta Biso Max Low. It's called the Trout. Um, this is a made in Germany pair, and it's another example of extremely high quality in a premium sneaker, and it's really worth the price. It's also amazing to see that two people I followed for a long time, and one I know through a group chat now, shout out to Run the World discussions, have the opportunity to collaborate on their own shoe. And yes, I have another pair of Ruse also on the way. Bodega Times New Balance 990 V3, the anniversary here to stay. So this year there was a countless number of great collabs from New Balance. I was very happy to have grabbed this one. This is the one I really had my eyes set on. Luckily, there wasn't a lot of hype, and I don't mind that at all, of course. I'll admit I was partly extra excited about it because I was able to purchase manually on release date from the website, but also because the design was really kind of muted compared to other pairs we saw this year. The same goes when you put it beside previous Bodega New Balance collabs like the 577 Hypercat, which I also happen to own and love. Um, but this one definitely stood out for me. Another New Balance I really loved this year and I picked up was the New Balance 990CP. This one definitely had less hype uh, because it was basically a GR. It was a V2 990 in the gray-green colorway. It got my attention the first time I saw photos. It's premium, made in the USA, and it has that classic New Balance gray base, but it adds a sort of perfect splash of color with a kind of bluish-green suede on the heel and berry-colored tongue and end logo. I could definitely use a double of this one, but prices are at least seem to be getting away from me. I've been wearing it a lot. Next up is a pair of Nike Bayou Dunk Lows. I used an all-white leather upper, a team red swoosh, it's kind of like a burgundy and laces to match, gum bottom, and sail midsole. It's very simple, but I can't ask for more in a Dunk Low, to be honest, at this point, and the quality on these is above what I expected. I recently doubled on this pair as a reward to myself for selling another much more valuable Dunk Low, which you'll hear about shortly. Lastly, I have to mention the Air Max 90 Bacons and the Air Jordan 1 Neutral Grays. I had major quality control issues on a couple pairs of the Bacons, but when I finally was able to get clean pairs, I had no complaints about anything. And as for the ones, it's an OG colorway, one of my favorites, close to the OG shape. This one was a no-brainer. Now, I also picked up some older pairs. One of the highlights, probably the highlight, Air Jordan 4 fire red from 1989 the ogs from curated van they're unwearable of course but it's an amazing pair to have on the shelf and a piece of history i also grabbed a pair of chicago one lows jordan one lows shout out to rahul katkanda he helped link me up with the seller of these that was a double and i just was too scared to wear my one pair I, i'll admit there i cherished them <laughs> Sometimes too much to wear. I wore them a little bit, but now I can really, really break in one of the pairs. I also grabbed the New Balance 500, the Sample Labs. This is the gray player with the black and um, patent leather hits. I've been eyeing it for a long time. It is uh, was tough to get my hands on. It was very expensive, but I did find the right seller at the right price. And I was very patient, and I rewarded myself for a big sale with these ones, and I'm really happy to have them. A really recent pickup was the Air Max 90 Flyknit Infrared. I got these actually in a sale Cousteau Jacques Slade, 
was doing the popular YouTuber was selling a bunch of his kicks for a good cause, donating all the money. And I had my eye on this pair for a long time. And the price was super reasonable compared to, to be honest, prices I wasn't willing to pay on GOAT and eBay. Lastly was the Futura Dunk Low SB. I picked these up on GOAT. They were really beat up. Luckily, I have the services of Konotsky, who always does a great job, whatever restoration you ask him for. And um, he's the go-to for these type of projects for me. So I was super happy he helped and uh, brought them back to life. Since I'm a sneaker dad, I'll mention some pairs I got my wife and kids. My wife picked up the Diodora N9000, the LC23 denim pair. I was grabbing a pair for myself for the low and saw her size. So I had to because she's a fan of denim kicks just like I am. I also bought her another pair of Sale Nike Offline 1.0s. She destroyed her first pair, so I picked her up a replacement. I also recently got her a pair of GR Asics, the Gelite MTs. Those are the zip-up mid-cut styles. She finds Asics really comfortable, so hopefully she'll like this pair, although I have yet to see it come out of the box. I'm sure there are more. I definitely forgot. Um, uh, she did get a pair of Stella McCartney Ultra Boost as well. Uh, they were stuck with my family in New York since before the pandemic, so they finally were able to visit, and they brought them. As for my kids, my daughter recently got the cool gray Jordan 11s. That is pretty much the only model of sneaker she seems to like. And I also have a pair of the Amamanier ones coming in for her. Shout out to Brian for making that one happen. My son's top pickup uh, probably was the Kia Nurse Jordan 36s. He really liked them. Of course, I had to get a pair, even though I haven't been hooping. He has been playing a lot. So I've decided to sort of stick to cheaper shoes for school and home and give him some quality pairs for the court. I also got him some LeBron 8 Sprite Lows recently. I think he's really going to like them for the look, but more for the performance and feel. I have to mention that I hunted far and wide for Hirachis with pull tabs at the back and the front for him. So I did find a couple pairs in all black that he appreciates the convenience of. The same goes for his Adidas Forda Runs. They have one Velcro strap at the top above the laces, kind of like a 484 low, but uh, in a runner style. He doesn't undo either the laces or the, or the Velcro, of course, but uh, they definitely come on easily and come off easily. Lastly, I picked him up a pair of OG Black Metallic 5s from my friend Net Magnetism, and that was soul swapped for me by another friend, again, Konotsky. So my son's got those ready to go for the spring. Now, I have to warn my listeners that this last part of the podcast may be difficult to hear. And you'll undoubtedly ask, why, John? How could you? I did decide to sell some pretty rare and in some cases valuable sneakers this year, in addition to a lot of less valuable pairs. I subscribe to the philosophy that if you're not wearing a pair of sneakers, someone else will. It's nice to clear sort of the physical space, but more so the mental headspace, as well as get some extra cash. And of course, it doesn't hurt to show the wife and the kids that I'm willing to send some boxes out since so many come in. So first off, I sold my pair of Supreme Dunk Low White Cements from 2002. I bought this pair from GOAT many years ago. I got a lot of wear out of them and turned it around for a pretty healthy profit, as you can imagine, given where prices are right now. They're simply worth more in the market than they are to me personally. That's a simple equation for me, and I prefer the black pair. So 
I let those go. I also let go three pairs of 85 Jordan 1s. The Breads, the Royals, and the Black and Whites. The prices for 85s, as most people know, have gone through the roof. And while I'm sure they will only go higher, as pairs like this get harder and harder to find, what happens to some of these pairs is they actually get hard, as in the soles. I held on to my 1985 Natural Greys, Chicago's, and UNC's. Those are the three I have left because I wear them the most. The three I let go of, I didn't need, and quite frankly, I didn't want them anymore. Although the black and whites were tougher to let go of, I have to admit, but the price was right. I don't operate a museum, so without these being in at least some part of the rotation, the choice was easy. And sort of the same thing goes for a pair of Jordan 1 Chicago's from 1994. I had two pairs. This was a difficult decision, I'll admit, but prices again went through the roof. I turned a very healthy profit on these, and I really have no longer have to worry about what might happen to them sitting in a box for another 25 years. Lastly, my Air Max 1 Viotex. This is another pair that was swapped to perfection by Konotsky. And this is a grail for many, but it never really was for me. In fact, I decided I like my AM1 Grunge Pack much better, so I made a choice. And to be completely honest, I saw a used pair for a very good price. I couldn't resist, but I never really had Viotex on my want list. After wearing them once or twice, I realized they needed a new home where someone could appreciate them, and I found one. So that's my personal wrap of 2021 and some of what I'm gutting for in 2022. I hope everyone had a safe and happy holidays, and I wish you all the best in the new year. Thanks for listening. Later.